Good morning podcast, welcome to Pierre Tillembert Show, I am Pierre your host and guys today I've got for you some very special guests. You know how sometimes you want to do something different in your life or you think you're on a path that is not yours and you simply want to change but maybe you don't, well I've got the perfect guest for you guys today. Not only are we going to be talking about videography, photography but we will also talk about how life has different paths for you and how it's actually okay, or maybe not, it depends on for who, to change and go chase your dreams. So if you're slightly interested in that and want some very insightful tips from people who are living proof of making it happen, well, you will enjoy that podcast with Michael and Nelly. For some context, you can find Michael and Nelly on Instagram at making it happen vlog and at Nelly's life underscore underscore. It will give you... It will give you a little bit of context if you check them out before to better understand what we're talking about in the podcast. So with no further ado, guys, let's dive right into the world of entrepreneurship, photography, and videography. All right, Michael and Nelly, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> guys, uh, this has been, I, for those of you listening right now, it has been absolutely hectic to make this podcast work. We have no clue. Maybe it's not meant to happen, but it will happen. Anyway, so guys, uh, why don't you just tell me what is the last thing that you shot today? Okay, Pierre, first of all, our name is Making It Happen. So we are making this podcast happen no matter what. <laughs> um, second thing, what was the last thing that we... The last did? thing we shot was a beautiful breakfast setup at a villa here in Bali. Yeah, we are currently in Bali and it is absolutely uh, absolutely heaven for instagram and um photography, every, in, photography general. in general so it's it's like every corner is perfect for yeah pictures <laughs> that's true everything looks really good in bali so guys because i'm not sure if uh, those of you listening right now have a little bit of context on who michael and nelly are but we're going to give you a little bit of it. So Michael and Nelly, why don't you give me your origin story, like chapter zero, how it started, how you were born, how you were made and all that. Maybe not those details, but yeah, the creative side at least. All right, let's start with the important stuff. I come from a terribly uncreative background. I'm an engineer that worked in project management for Siemens for close to a decade. And Nelly is a karate European champion. So we come from a total different area. We both taught photography to ourselves and um, we started our creative journey with a YouTube channel to kind of motivate young people to get out of the comfort zone and try to fulfill their dreams and passions whilst not always concentrating on um, money, but more concentrating on what makes them happy. That's pretty much how it started out what was driving that that motivation to do it because if you were a project engineer um did you get out of your comfort zone how did that happen well for me um as a project manager it started to get uh, a little bit monotone um every project started to feel a little bit the same and i just needed something fresh and sparky in my life that sounds good and what about you nelly because since you were a karate champion that's kind of different <laughs> uh let's start with uh, the fact that i i did not do this as a uh, i did not do that as a job um 
I was actually going to university. Um, I was just about to start my first job. Um, then we started our first company. And yeah, I don't know. It was it was a roller coaster. Um, but I I guess I just needed an creative outlet and something that same as Mike, like something that makes me happy, something that sparkles my soul, something that is just pure pleasure. And uh, yeah, that's how we just started doing YouTube and photography in general. It's just it's so much pleasure to capture moments. And we also have friends who say, oh, you're not really able to enjoy the moment. And like capturing the moment is enjoying it at the same time as you capture it. So, yeah. That's that great. I really like what you said last time because I think this is a question I get a lot also. Like, hey, you're traveling so much. You take so many things. Can you even enjoy where you're going? The answer is, I mean, yes, because if I didn't have a camera, I would just go crazy and feel like I can't enjoy it as much. So I, I think we can relate on that side. But guys, I think uh, what people haven't realized yet is that you, you guys are kind of serial entrepreneurs, which means uh, what you're doing right now with photography, with video, with YouTube, all that is actually not new in, this, in the business sense. You already started previous businesses. Can you tell me a little bit more about that so that it gives a little bit of context to people and how you basically got started after um, on the photography side? So we started with our first business uh, eight years ago. We founded an agency um, for staffing and uh, advertising. So after a few years, we kind of uh, wanted to like get more out of it. Um, we acquired another company, we grew, we had a lot of employees. Um, and we were supposed to go to America, to the US, and we wanted to expand our business and grow even more. Um, but it seemed like the timing was not right. Uh, it did not happen. So we took a step back and um, we were always talking about how we would like to open up a coffee shop we are huge coffee lovers and Mike's uh, great passion is making coffee and enjoying coffee. So exactly. being, being an engineer of coffee, engineering the perfect cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, as, as the one plan did not go as expected, we kind of uh, walked around the corner and we saw this empty space and we said, oh, this is a sign. We, we should do it right now and take the opportunity or take take this um um like step back as an opportunity and just uh try it so we we opened up a coffee shop within i would say like with all the things um three months two months okay yeah um so we were really efficient with the um execution People loved it, and we were basically the very first specialty coffee shop in our hometown. And um, that got a lot of media attention because there was nothing like that um, in, in our hometown before. And we also got like um, a very international influenced um, menu. So, yeah, that was very cool for a lot of people. So, we were the hipster coffee shop. In our hometown then we um went to then after a while we decided we we're going to um go to the us no matter what um and mike maybe, maybe you you would like to proceed 
Yeah, and so when we when we finally had you know everything in place for us to to go to the United States, I mean it was a long process. We had to make things more efficient in the agency. We had to get our staff in the coffee shop that we had at this point um, to a level that they could operate without us being there every single day. Um, once we had reached that, we actually finally made the step and and flew to Miami, got an apartment, and started this new adventure. And actually. The point where we um, where we started our business in the U.S. was also the point where we started our YouTube channel. So that kind of was the the kickoff for both. I mean, it was the underlying story was us expanding our business to Miami and uh, just you know fulfilling our passion that we we had at this point. And one of the things that we um, right from the beginning were always preaching on our YouTube channel is you have to follow your passion, you have to do what you're passionate about. And you can only do something good um, you, or you can only do something uh, um, expertly good. I'm trying to find the ultimate word. Um, you can only do it if you're really passionate about it. And yeah. we kept mentioning this on the channel. And more and more we realized what we're actually passionate about is traveling. And so this message that we kept saying manifested in us and uh, we realized uh, we just have to, we just want to travel more. And at this point, I have to mention that we had the agency, we had the coffee shop, we had the YouTube channel all at the same, at time. The same time. That is crazy. We were working like crazy. It was like, yeah. I mean, as an entrepreneur, of course, you have to do uh, 24-7, but we were living for the work. It, 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 took, it took over, and we were like 80 hours per week behind our laptops and working, like being the, the worst workaholics. Um, and we just realized that we're not doing anything besides hustling hustling, and, and working yeah. and just chasing, chasing the money, or I don't know what we were yeah. behind. Um, and at that point, we just decided, okay, this has to stop and we have to live more and um, be more present and just enjoy. I mean, even even now we are working a lot, but it doesn't yeah. feel like work. I was just going to say, as Nelly speaks the sentence that is uh, 10 to 11 at night, we filming or recording a podcast with Pierre while I'm responding to comments on the video we just posted uh, <laughs> 10 minutes ago. I'm and, working on the payroll, which is And essentially, <laughs> this is like five days in a row in, in a row that we published a video at 10 o'clock at night, which I edited from 6 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> I mean, nothing really has changed. Uh, just the perspective on our work has changed. So, you know, if you love what you do, uh, you'll never work a day in your life. Also, the fact that we are currently in Bali and we were like just yesterday, we said, um, let's let's go to the beach. Let's enjoy sunset. And that is worth so much. And this gives so much quality to, to life um, that I'm really happy that we decided to, um, yeah, just pursue this uh, path or do this thing. <laughs> this new this new adventure it's it's pretty crazy so for anyone listening if you ever have doubt about one way that you started in your life and you think you can never change i think you guys are a great example that 
I mean, you can have an ad agency, then a coffee shop, then a YouTube channel, and who, who God knows what next, you know? Um, but what, what I really like in your progression, and it's something that maybe happened to me over time, it's really about, yes, you want to get a message out there where like people like get out of your comfort zone, try start different things. And what is interesting is that you guys documented the start doing different things. But what happened to you is that you also realized throughout document while you were documenting that, well, maybe I prefer that side versus that side. I actually enjoy the content creation part. So I think that's really, really great. If you're ever trying something, uh, you guys are a great example that you don't have to quit everything and do it 100%. You can actually do it on the side. And when it's, once it picks up, you can't get fully on it uh, when it makes sense financially and family-wise or whatever constraints you have in your life. You don't have to jump like both feet like a crazy person. So yeah, I think guys, your message is really strong here and your story is really awesome. I, I think what is going to be good right now is I want to dive a little bit more into the photography and the videography because uh, as I mentioned in the intro, Mike does really nice videos. It looks really good. He does a lot of them uh, and he's really fast at editing. And uh, uh, yeah, you're just good at it and you make it look good, you know. And Nelly, you're getting, I see you progress every day and I think you're getting really good with photography and capturing moments and, and lifestyle shots, I think is, is really getting good. So I want to know, how did you learn? Like, let's start with Mike. How did you learn videography? Because this is, this is a huge beast. Um, essentially, I, I, it was learning by doing. I, um, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of YouTube tutorials on videography. And, um, you know, whenever I'd film a video and edit the video, I'd see things that I didn't like. And I'd research on YouTube how to make that looked better, you know, and then I, I, um, I learned about the, um, you know, the relation between shutter speed and uh, frame rate, and I learned about, um, you know, exposing to the right, and I learned about, um, you know, just cinematic cuts and story arcs, and it's just every day I learned a little bit more, and um, every day I continue to learn new things. I spend a tremendous time on YouTube, just uh, watching other filmmakers make videos, getting inspired by other people, watching tutorials, um, trying to figure out how I can get more um, out of the gear I have already, um, figuring out how I can reduce some of the camera gear that I have um, and have the same outcome. <laughs> so, you know, it's just uh, kind of a, a battle of between getting better and better and also getting more efficient. Got it. What was the hardest part, you would say? The hardest hardest part in learning videography, you mean? Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part for me was to film with purpose. Um, so when I started out, I would just film like everything, every single thing that I found interesting in any way. And then I'd end up with footage, uh, you know, I'd, I'd drop it into my timeline. I'd have two hours of footage which at the end I had reduced down to a like eight minute video. And now essentially when I drop my footage into the timeline, I have maybe 30 minutes of footage and I end up with a 15 minute video. So now um, I film more purpose driven. I see what I want in the video. I get that shot and that shot ends up inside the video. There's no uh, wasted space on my memory card unless Nelly forgets to turn off the camera. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that has happened to every. That has happened to the best of us. Uh, I, I I like what you're saying, Michael. I think it goes down to maybe you can agree or disagree, but it really boils down to having the patience to go through all the hours of sucking at it. I don't know if that makes sense. And I also want to mention at, at this point that we have uploaded around 400 videos, even 400, more. 460 videos. 460 videos. <laughs> so it, it's a progress. You have to, like, like you said, you have to agree to the fact that you can't do everything at once. It, it has to come over time and practice and yeah. Yeah. You can work smart, but you need the patience and, and the hustle to go through. That's sure. That's absolutely 100% true. What about, um, what about you, Nelly? What, uh, what, how did you start photography? Like, I, I want to know the, the day you picked up a camera that wasn't your phone, what happened until now? Okay. Um, I think the very first time when I got into photography I, I mean I wouldn't call it photographer I would just say taking pictures for vacation <laughs> uh, but it was <laughs> or the, taking pictures for Facebook basically um, we went on vacation and I was just I mean looking back at, at that time I was kind of okay with with what I captured but I would end up with a lot of pictures um, after the trip because I would I would have no idea how to take the picture properly. So I just tried and, and just, you know, failed. <laughs> um, and then I started a blog about my hometown and I was just um, walking around in town and just capturing um, little shops, little restaurants, um, different corners, people, architecture, stuff like that just to kind of get a feeling of perspective and what I actually want to make other people see what I see. Um, and that blog was quite popular at that time. Um, but, you know, work took over and I wasn't able to um, practice at all. It was, it was pure out of curiosity. There was no purpose, there was no Instagram, there was no pressure to like get like a specific shot. It was just curiosity. Um, and then we got into traveling and um, like, prof like with the YouTube channel. And um, I saw that a lot of people on Instagram are um, kind of making this as a living. So I said, well, if other people can do it, I can do it as well. Um, and at, at, at first, <laughs> at first I was just taking pictures with my phone and it was just more or less, um, capturing the moment, what I'm eating, you know, food pictures. <laughs> um, but then Mike said, you should, you should be more in front of the camera. And I felt very uncomfortable about that. Um, so he started capturing me and I again felt uncomfortable with it. Um, but I learned that you have to give it a go and just, you know, try it and overcome your fear of, you know, these, like we girls have this thing where we say, oh no, but I look so, so terrible. And I don't want you to, I don't know, take a picture of me like that or whatever. 
But I think the interesting fact for me is how Mike sees me. So we started taking pictures of, like he took pictures of me. Um, and all of a sudden my, like I upload, uploaded it on Instagram. All of a sudden my Instagram started growing. Um, and yeah, people, people liked it. It was kind of cool for me to see, oh, there is actually somebody who likes it. It's not many people, but those people who like it, there is, there is somebody out there. Um, and then as we grew, I also started taking pictures of Mike and, um, I got inspiration from different accounts, um, and just stuff that I see on, on the inter, inter internet. <laughs> I just wanted to say interwebs. Internet, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, the, the more I took pictures, the more I wanted to kind of get into Lightroom and, and see what I can get out of that picture, like tell a story. So then I got into Lightroom and yeah, I just practice a lot, I guess. And I mean, I mean I'm still not where I want to be, but um, I guess it's also a progress, so... Yeah, I mean, you, you get better. I, I mean, if I compare it to a year ago, it's already like really better. And um, and it's just my eye. And I kind of suck at lifestyle photography, by the way. I don't know if you notice, I'm not the, the best at it because it's just not my my thing that much. I do it, I will do it, but it's not the one where I'm going to be naturally the best at setting up props and having everything like look kind of cute and, and make it look better. Uh, I'm... Yeah, so I, I really admire you for, for that ability that you definitely built up over time. And I'm kind of curious because you guys work with one camera for two or how does that work? Uh, we mainly work with one camera. We do have two cameras, but um, it's either too heavy to take both cameras with or a little bit too impractical. Uh, we essentially shoot most of our stuff on a Sony A7S II, a camera that is not made at all all for photography but because we shoot most of our stuff for instagram um the 12 megapixel sensor is, is big enough um you know you just have to be careful you don't have to you have to be careful that you don't shoot uh with kind of reframing in mind or zooming in in post-production that just won't work with that resolution um it's a phenomenal video camera phenomenal low light and the second camera we have is a canon um, it's a Canon 6D Mark I. Um, great camera for its age. Uh, even the autofocus on that old camera works pretty well, actually, sometimes even better than on the Sony. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you share a camera? Because imagine, guys, you guys are listening. You're working with your, with your girlfriend or wife. Uh, which means you kind of have to share the camera. How does that work? Like, imagine you see a beautiful place. I'm asking this question because I think it's funny. I've seen you at work, and that's why I want to have your 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 kind of take on that. Imagine you arrive to a beautiful location in Indonesia, and Nelly is like, I want to get a photo of that. What do you do, Michael? Are you like, no, I want to get a video of it. Do you guys fight, or what happens? Nelly, Nelly never says she wants to get a photo of that. She says, take a picture of in front of it. So... <laughs> It's still me holding the camera. <laughs> well, Pia, I have to say that's a valid question. Uh, it is not easy 
at all. And we, we were just talking about it um, this week that we should actually take two cameras because it's always um, complicated when we have to film and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, but this looks amazing. We should take a picture as well. Um, but it's too much distraction. It's too much uh, adjusting the camera. Um, and it's just, it, it, it kills the workflow and it kills like the create creativity vibe. Um, so I guess we're going to work with two cameras in future, but yeah, yeah it's just. So now, now good question. Good question. Now, what camera are you waiting for? A Sony a7S III, a7R4. <laughs> are you going to go for a6500? Because that is a cheap, very good option also. No, actually we're going to use the Canon 60 that we have. Um, because we, we have some beautiful glass for that. We've got an L-series lens. Um, it's a uh, 1805, I think. And we've got a uh, Sigma Art 35mm lens for the Canon. So, And the Canon, it's a really good camera. I, I actually love the pictures from the Canon. Yeah, for photos, it's great. Yeah, and then in terms of upgrading the Sony A7S um I'm actually going to keep on shooting on that camera until that camera packs in and doesn't work anymore. Um, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, microphone jack is bust. The USB uh, connection is doing some shady shit already. Oh, sorry, yeah, I'll have to, you'll have to bleep that out. <laughs> um, and the multi-interface on top is also st slowly starting to degenerate. Um, but... I've been using that camera heavily for the past over two years now. And um, yeah, let's see what Sony releases. If the Sony A7S III uh, is going to be as, as amazing as the Sony S2 was, uh, I'll be definitely happy to upgrade to that. But if it's just going to be an expensive A9S um, with functionality that I don't really need, I'll probably side grade <laughs> to an A7 or to an A7 free or an A7R free. Makes sense. So I've got a, I'm going to pick up a few questions from the audience as, as we go along, because I think we're getting in the territory that uh, a lot of you guys listening are also interested. And I've got the value of Pi on Instagram asking EOS R or A7R3? Haha. <laughs> What would you choose since you have Canon and Sony? A7R free. Tell me why. Um, I think that Canon had a great opportunity to bring out a phenomenal camera with the ESR, but just uh, the lack of shooting um, 1080p, 120 FPS is just it. I, I just don't understand why they did that. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and I mean, that's the main thing. It's just a terrible, it's a terrible camera for video. Yeah, I think if you do video, it's, it's just horrible, in my opinion. It's, it's, it feels like a downgrade. Yeah, yeah. So my phone can do better. I mean, obviously it's not the same glass, same sensor and all that, but just on the specs, it, when you have like top of the line camera manufacturer that releases functionality that are lower grade than the phone, you're, you're kind of worried, you know? Uh, as a photographer, I think it's great, but yeah. I mean, the sensor on the camera and the electronics is capable of doing all of this. 
But I think they brought out that designed this product and they were like, oh, wait, but this outperforms the 5D Mark IV and almost performs as well as the um, 1DX Mark II. Let's, let's just cripple it. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like. So now we're all waiting for someone to hack the EOS R and unleash all those functionalities if ever possible. Huge shout out to Magic Lantern. There you go, guys. You've got a huge opportunity. You could even sell it for $1,000, the upgrade, and people would buy it. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, Nelly, I've got a question more for you that's related to Instagram, and it's from Kieran Official. And that person is asking, how do you deal with the grid on Instagram? And that, I mean, it goes for both of you, but I think, Nelly, you're the expert. What do you do about the grid? Do you even have the grid in mind when you post pictures on Instagram? Are you trying to keep something like some kind of theme, or is it totally random? Okay, first of all, I edit my pictures mostly with my own presets or I use other presets that are um that go along with my with my color scheme, uh, if that makes sense. Second, I'm using an app called Anam to coordinate the grid. So, let's say I have um a lot of pictures of like I'm, I'm coordinating Mike's feed as well. Um, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit with um, the framing, with like the person itself, how much space it takes up. And when I take a picture, I already think in grids. I already think in squares. Although the picture is portrait, I, I, I have to think how much space do I have to leave out to make it look good in the grid, that is sometimes not really, um, it, it, it limits you. It limits you, let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> I see what you mean, Nelly. I see, but I think it's, it's a good, I don't know, I'm gonna give my two cents here to, to Kieran, but uh, the grid is a, is a hassle because there are a lot of photos you want to post them and you don't necessarily want to post them in a specific order just because they're going to be shown in a, on the grid on your profile. And I know it's, it's a creative limitation that can also foster new ideas. But me personally, because, and you guys, I'm sure it's the same, we travel a lot, we're always in different places. Sometimes it's going to be a cave, the day after we're going to be on the beach, and after it's going to be a volcano or whatever, or it could be a plane in the airport. The problem is that if you have a, a plane, a volcano, a guy diving, and uh, you eating a, like a beautiful breakfast in the tropical jungle on the same squares, like grid square, it's gonna look weird, and I think that's uh, that's a problem. So I can relate. If anyone here has problem with Instagram Grid, I can relate a lot. Sometimes I even don't post for a few days because I'm just waiting for another photo uh, to, <laughs> to be able to get there. And that is actually the struggle with Instagram. It's just sometimes you are just hesitant. For example, lately I got really into um, like nighttime photography and shooting during night. Um, and playing with light bulbs and light in general. Um, the problem is it doesn't go well with my feet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of frustrating, but I believe that people who come to your profile in the very first place, they love to see, like, 
your brand and um, they just want to get a feel of who you are and what you shoot. So if you are mixing it too much up, there is um, the chances that people will follow you are very low in my opinion, but maybe that's just me. That makes sense. Yeah, people want to follow you for one reason and not 20 reasons. That is also why, um, I mean, you guys, you guys stay consistent in what you're sharing, but I also know that, for example, I don't share the street photography as much as I sometimes would like to. I keep it more travel, landscape, or adventure-ish, but uh, I have a lot of it, and that's why I love YouTube. And maybe, Michael, maybe, Michael, you're the same as me, I actually use YouTube as a creative outlet for whatever I can't share on Instagram. Yeah, that's so true. It's like the perfect, and, and plus I have the photography channel where I can plug my photos, which is great. You, you already mentioned it. So when people go to your profile, they, they already know, oh, this is about travel and adventure and landscapes. Um, then there are other people, you go to the profile and you're like, oh, it's about fashion. The other one is, oh, it's about food. Yes. You, you you get it straight away and, and if you are into that topic, you will automatically follow that person. Yeah, totally. So here's a quick tip and that's what a lot of people talk about, guys. If you're listening, if you're struggling with Instagram, pick something and stick to it. Maybe it's better for you to have two accounts, uh, one, for example, on street, one, for example, on macro photography, just to keep it super narrow and oriented. And if you listen to the podcast with Jackson Grove, who has 300K followers, he does has a lot of street photography shot and he explained to me he just can't share it because it, it won't work uh, on this account and he might create another account in the future uh, for, for that part. But um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, just keep it consistent with whatever you're trying to show to the world. And uh, it's, it's like having two pages in a book, you know, you can't put everything on one page. If you need a second page, then just turn the first one. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> The second reason is also that Instagram pushes content that, that has a very specific niche. So if you do all of the things, the algorithm is uh, very, uh, <laughs> um, how, how would you say, distracted by, by all of your topics. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's just trying to, uh, to um, deliver to what it thinks people will like the most. So if you're the person who does everything, then you, you won't de be delivered to everyone. Actually, you might be delivered to no one. So that's something to know. Um, great segue. Absolutely not a great segue, but let's <laughs> transition to another question. Because you guys, uh, we played a lot with lenses last time when we were traveling together in the Philippines. Um, what is... That is a question from uh, H4Hasanayan on Instagram. And he's asking... What is the less expensive portrait lens that you would recommend? Less expensive meaning what is a cheap portrait lens you would recommend uh, either for Canon or Sony? Oh, that's an easy one. The Nifty 50. So a uh, 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. That's it. Your life is done, bro. You get a Nifty 50 and get out there and shoot. <laughs> I can only support what you say, Michael. It's, uh, it's so cheap. Unless you're shooting on APS-C. I think the Nifty 50 is good for a full-frame sensor, but if you're on APS-C, it uh, might be better to go down to 35mm. Yep, good point. But I would argue the contrary, that 50mm uh, on APS-C might be even better for portraits because you end up around 70-something or 80. And I think that's, uh, that is also oh, 75. 
that is also really, really nice focal length. So get a Nifty 50. Everyone should have one if you're just starting out. If you already have, like you're doing pro work, it, sometimes it just doesn't make sense to have it anymore because you have other lenses that are more expensive. And yeah, but that lens is always a backup you should have in your bag in case you just crash. It's, a, it's definitely the best lens that I recommend to everybody that I don't have. <laughs> Michael, don't say it because it's exactly the same for me. <laughs> no, but... In all uh, honesty, we, I think, did you have it at one point? Yes, yes, I did. Same, same for me. And I think the day I got that lens, maybe you can share your story, but the day I got that lens, it changed my whole perspective and it changed everything in the way I was shooting because suddenly I was like, oh my God, I'm able to get photos with shallow depth of field that has bokeh that looks completely different from what I used to call snapshots from before it suddenly it becomes real photos you know with a bit more interesting at least when you're shooting uh, a shallow depth of field yeah so true so true so yeah there we go nifty 50 50 millimeter canon nikon sony whichever is the best for you uh guys now we have a question that has been left uh, as a voice message from someone and i want to play the question for you right now and we're gonna answer it together. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Hello, Pierre and guest. My question is, is my camera lying to me? Just recently, I tried taking a photo of my wife and through the optical viewfinder of my D7200, the picture looked fine. The composition looked great. However, when I looked at the view when I looked on the back of the screen, the image seemed very blown out, even though I had no um, exposure compensation set and um, the camera was set to aperture priority. So theoretically, shouldn't I have gotten a correct exposure? Your thoughts and help would be greatly appreciated. Loving the podcast. Love the videos on YouTube. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. All right. First of all, let's thank Mike for his uh, question. Guys, if you want to be plugged in the podcast, please use the Anchor.fm app and just record your voice uh, question. And yeah, and it will be plugged like that. It's pretty cool. Guys, did you hear it? Can you, do you know what he's talking about? Yes, yes. He, his picture, I assume he has a, a, an electric viewfinder on his camera. And I think the picture um, looked correctly exposed or the light meter was showing him a correct exposure. But when he actually took the picture, it was blown out. And I think what might have happened is that the metering mode of the camera was set to maybe spot meter or, or balanced meter. It can be either or. And... Uh, so even for the spot meter, it might have been exposed correctly if the spot was in a darker area of the of the image, uh, but maybe the sky was just much brighter, or the background was brighter. So the the reading that the light meter was showing him was for that one spot and not for the whole image. That makes sense. And I think what when you meant electronic viewfinder, I think you meant optical viewfinder because it's a DSLR. Um, and and you, and on an electronic viewfinder, you were you're supposed to see what you shoot. But even though you see what you shoot, even if you're in live view mode on your DSLR, uh, Mike, you're raising a good point. If you're 
how do you call that? If your light metering mode is wrong, you're gonna get wrong results every time. And you might not see it at the beginning, but once the picture is gonna come out, it's gonna be like total crap. So I'm gonna ask you the question, Mike and Nelly, what light metering mode are you mostly in? Um, balanced. What is it called? I think it's called ma Matrix. I think it's called Matrix and it's a whole frame. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the best one, at least on the, the Sony cameras, if you have one. It's a really, really good alternative. Maybe on the Canon, it would be center average, average I think, weight, uh, which means it, it takes most of the image uh, light metering reading in the center of the image try, tries to, uh, and, and it tries to give you an accurate reading. So. If you have problems where your photos don't turn out the way you thought they would or you were seeing it in your camera before you press the shutter, first of all, make sure that your light meter is properly set for the scene. If you're shooting a portrait, you might want to have spot metering. Otherwise, just stay in your average centered or like a full matrix mode. Second of all, uh, check your histogram if you can display it on your camera and you will see if it's far on the left it's going to be underexposed, far on the right you're going to, be, you're going to have uh, parts that are blown out. And the last resort is resort, resort is to use uh, the zebras, I don't know if you use them Mike, but when you turn on zebras for highlights on your camera it's going to show you what part of the image is blown out and that is very practical especially for video. Yes. So we, we do zebra a lot for filming just to, yes. sometimes you just can't see it. I know, it's it's so difficult on those uh, new cameras like electronic viewfinder to know when it's blown out or not actually, because yeah. it just gets white. You just don't know if it's blown out or, or not. So yeah, so that's a that's a quick trip. You use the functions you have in your camera. I think that that is very, very helpful. All right, Mike, so Mike, use the function in your camera, make sure you check and I also made for you, you know it, a video specifically on that because I thought it was your question was so relevant and uh, I don't know about if it's a Sony thing or Lightroom thing but, uh, thing but every time I import my raw images they are way darker in Lightroom but I think this comes down to also the processing, uh, the way the, the uh, it comes down to the way Lightroom processes your image it's gonna darken it a little bit apparently if you use on one photo for Sony cameras it looks kind of uh, I would say better or more more towards what you had at the back of the screen. So yeah, just make sure how your images are interpreted. Guys, I hope you're having fun answering all those questions. You know, I have like a list that could go on for maybe a five hour podcast. So <laughs> I think we're gonna be mindful with your time because I know you have some payroll uh, admin stuff to do. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna stop the questions here and maybe keep it for next episode when we're together around the world. What do you guys think? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. we're already missing you and it's so much fun to just travel with you together because every time we travel together, we get a whole new perspective on things and it's just, uh, it's just fun. <laughs> oh God, they're gonna turn to the <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Guys, I want I want everyone listening to join you on Instagram, go check out your work, say hi, go see the video. So where can people find you? Um, where can people find us? Our YouTube channel is yes. Making It Happen Vlog, all written together, lower caps. And the same thing on Instagram. And additionally, we have Nelly's life, underline, underline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I keep telling Nelly she should change her Instagram name because the underline underline is so confusing. If, even if it was underline dot, that would be easier to read. But anyway, that's uh, that makes the uniqueness of, of your username. Unfortunately, uh, a six-year-old girl took my name, so can't change it. <laughs> that, that is true. If, if you're listening, if you're six-year-old, you have an Instagram account called Nelly's Life and you have five pictures of your dog, Please change your username right now. <laughs> Nelly, Michael, is there something you would like to leave people with? Either something you want to share or maybe a question they should ask themselves maybe next time they're starting a new project or going out to shoot. Um, yes, never stop learning. Never stop experimenting. Um, even if you think you're great at something, there's still so much more to be learned. Um, I, I, I see it with myself every day. I learn new things and it's just an exciting process. Maybe I'll, I'll share the thing that I, I recently just learned. Um, uh, I used to always like to use the lowest f-stop on my lens, but just recently I realized uh, stepping up that aperture makes that lens just a little bit sharper. So, you know, you got to find the sweet spot with your lens. and That's also a, a learning process. So keep learning. I think I want to give um, everybody who listens to this podcast a little bit of self-confidence just to start doing. I know that everybody starts somewhere and you should not get discouraged by um, like other pictures or like other photographers. They all started somewhere, so you can do it as well. You can make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's it, basically. Just have the courage to give it a try and, yeah, enjoy the process. Enjoy, enjoy the journey. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, everyone, go check out Michael and Nelly. And we will have another episode with you guys because there is so much to talk about whether it's entrepreneurship or whether it's having your business or just photography video there's so so much i, I want to dig into so if you guys got questions for michael and nelly please drop them on instagram or on twitter or on the anchor.fm app we will be delighted to answer them together in the next episode michael and nelly enjoy your night in bali and i will talk to you in the next episode thank, thank you, you. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know that episode was a bit longer than planned, but I really, really wanted you to get insight into Michael and Nelly's background, what they're creating, what they're doing right now, because the huge inspiration for me, not uh, just for the, the video, but mainly also for the hustle, for the entrepreneurship around it, for the, this idea that there is not one defined path in life. If you want to be a photographer tomorrow, it is possible. You're going to be working dead hard, like really hard. But if you're really loving it, if you have it inside you, it will happen. So don't ever be discouraged. Uh, always remember why you're doing it and do it smartly also. You don't have to listen to people who tell you, just quit your job and go travel the world. No, you, you can actually start doing things in steps. And start doing it while you still have that financial background. And once you feel that you can fly on your own, that's when you go off. And that is very, very important. We'll dig into way more things in another episode with them. Because there are so many lessons to be learned from what they've been doing. And they're very, very humble about it also. And I, I, I really like uh, speaking with, uh, with people who are really in the process, in the trenches, making it happen. 
really that's the, I mean that's that's the name it's a good branding name and it's you see I mean they had a successful business and a second one and they're still just not stopping you know they're literally doing the same thing anyone who wants to be an influencer or wants to really create a brand around content creation is doing they go back in the trenches and do it so Shout out to you, Michael and Nelly. Thank you so much for inspiring the world and keep crushing it. And guys, get out there, go shoot, try something different, try something new. I will talk to you in the next episode. Remember, drop your questions and also make sure to leave a review for the podcast. Leave it a five-star review on uh, Google uh, or iTunes. I don't know where you can leave reviews, but I think iTunes is 100% sure. Uh, Drop me a, a nice note if you like it. If you don't like it, it's okay just send me an email tell me what i can improve and also mainly share it with your friends if you got friends in this world in the creative space please share with them and well yeah that's all i'm speaking too much have an amazing day uh get out there go shoot bye bye see you